a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining me today for Let's Get Moving. Today, I am talking with Claire Newell. She is the founder of Travel Best Bets. And Claire, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. What a fun topic. I think it is so important. I mean, travel is one of those things that I put at the top of my list for things that people need to get moving on because it makes me feel so good. What is it about travel that really makes a huge difference, really changes our lives? You know, Maria, it's been interesting because I've been in the industry for three decades now and nothing has made travel a bigger priority than what we've experienced due to COVID. I think people are so grateful to be able to have the ability to travel and experience other cultures and the food and the attractions and all of the things that come with travel. Uh, I personally think that it's one of the best ways to learn about so many other things, um, tolerance and respect for other people's cultures. And um, it just opens your mind. And it also makes you realize just how lucky we are to live in North America if you visit certain parts of the world. Right. As much as I love traveling, there are certain things about traveling that I don't love so much that I really need your help with. <laughs> uh, I guess the first is going to be all of the airport security and things like that. And and how do you tell people to best navigate that so they can have the most positive experience possible? Well, you're, you're not alone. Um, I have a, a family with two kids who are now grown, 22 and uh, 24, and my son in particular We've traveled a lot. I'm really grateful for that because of what I do for a living. But one of the things he said to me when he was pretty young, he said, you know, mom, I hate traveling. And I said, what do you mean? You love it. You, I thought you loved it. We get to go to all these amazing places. He goes, I don't like the getting there or the coming home. And I, and that's the part that so many of us don't really like. And it's one of the things that's tough is that you um, have to navigate those airports and you might remember last year when we were seeing the sea of luggage at places like Heathrow, where it was just a mess. And so it, it's tough for people, but it's making sure that you do the homework. Often I I hear from people who didn't have the right documentation when they were heading to the airport and their trip ended before it even started. And these days, it's really important to not only check to make sure that your passport is up to date and valid, but depending on where you're going, there may be other things that you need over and above. You may need a visa uh, to get into certain countries. And the visa can be done sometimes online. Sometimes it has to be in person at a consulate or embassy, 
or you may have to actually send your travel documents, which people don't love to do, send their passport in um, and have it mailed to you. The other thing that you might need these days is something called an ETA, an electronic travel authorization. And this is, you know, snafu'd a lot of people lately because um, they don't realize that they actually need this. This is typically something that you need to do within 72 hours, 48 hours before you leave. And if you don't have it, they won't let you on the aircraft typically. So for certain places around the world, um, you do it online and it will cost anywhere between, say, five bucks and fifteen dollars. Um, it's a way of them tracking the entry and exit of people from their country, and it's mandatory. And so we will be starting to see most of the EU require this next year. So it's just something to, to flag. Um, and then, of course, um, luggage is a, another thing. And I don't know if you want to get me to get into that. Oh, but definitely. I'm- I've learned to pack a lot uh, smaller bags be just to, for my own Boy, sanity, trying to pull a huge bag around Europe on those small cobblestone streets is is not a good time. <laughs> no, it's nasty. And and the fact is, is that especially if you're doing a connecting flight these days, people are really, really worried about their luggage going missing. My husband was just on a business trip. Um, he, he flew across the country and his golf clubs didn't show up. Uh, he was on a a nonstop flight, and it still went missing. And so these days, people don't want that hassle, especially if you're connecting to, uh, say, a cruise or a tour where you're not going to be in one place so that the the airline can get that bag to you, because typically they can. But if you're moving or you're on a cruise, you won't have what you really need. So um, I have to tell you, I, I know I do this for a living, but one of the things that I do and have really encouraged Everyone around me who I love, uh, my friends and family, but also people who who hear me speak on radio and TV, if you can, go carry on only. And I have done trips. Uh, just recently, my family went to Egypt, Jordan, and Turkey, and it was an almost two-week trip, and we did carry on only. So if I can do it, you can do it. And it does take some practice, you know, packing with um, really only the essentials with some clothes that are quite neutral. I'm a fan of the you know, black, white, gray, beige. So everything so that it can mix and match. And I do only take three pairs of shoes. I wear one and pack two and it covers me for everything that I need to do. I know that that's tough if you're going into a cold weather destination, um, but it can help if you use a checklist. I'm a big fan of going through my checklist and you can find them online. I actually have some on my um, personal travel website, which is clairenewell.com. And you can actually download them and print them out. Um, But it is one of those things with practice. It makes perfect and you can do it. What are some of the bigger mistakes people make when they are packing? What are some things we think we must have with us that we we really can leave behind? Okay, well, one of the heaviest things um, is jeans. And everyone thinks, you know, two, three pairs of jeans. Let me tell you, just pack one, if at all possible. And I um, often see people trying to take um, a lot of different things like big hoodies and heavy sweaters and things. And I'm a more of a fan of wearing the biggest piece and not taking those big, heavy things like sweaters and big cardigans and hoodies and just packing your favorite in a really neutral color. Probably darker is better, either be that gray or black, things that can be used multiple times. And instead, pack things like scarves because... You don't need that many outfits. If you've got a really neutral 
um, outfit, maybe pants and a shirt or, or a dress, wear it with different scarves, which are so small to pack or different jewelry, different outfit. No one knows the difference. And if you're going to multiple destinations, no one's going to remember that you wore that anywhere else. So I think people think that they need to have the outfit so that they look different every single day, especially if they're a little bit younger and want to Instagram those pics wherever they <laughs> happen to be. Um, but at the end of the day, you don't really need it. Go neutral um, and layer it with things that are really light to pack, like those belts, scarves, and jewelry. All right. Travel costs have gone up exponentially from what they were uh, during COVID, for sure. I, I know that uh, during COVID, I actually traveled to Ireland for a wedding and the flight was like 700. But when we turned around and wanted to go to Europe this past year, the flights were more like 1900. So I think it's important to talk about, first of all, how what is best for people and when they're deciding where they're going, if they really are on a budget, how can they best shop to get the best deal if they don't have to be to a specific spot? Well, first of all, oh, I love Ireland. And I'm actually heading there just at the end of the month. And so I'm with you. I know that it's really expensive. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, um, just life. And travel is not um, exempt from that. It's actually gone up such a lot. And it's interesting because I've read so many studies where people are actually putting or, or surveys that people are prioritizing travel above so many essentials that, you know, they're carving out whatever they need to do and they're changing their plans. Um, they might be, if they're a four-star client, they might be going to a three-star. If they normally go for two weeks, they might be going for 10 days. So they are changing that, but it's really important to do your research in order to save money. So doing it in advance, we, this past year, we ended up seeing people for say this summer of 2023, if they had booked last fall. So what that means is coming, um, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a summer of the next year and you can book early, you will save money. So many people are using their points or their reward programs to take advantage of that, to save money, no matter where you're going. One of the things that I find really useful is even if you find super cheap airfare and accommodation to a destination, you might not know what it really costs to actually stay there. Like there's certain parts of the world. I remember when I was in Stockholm or in Dubai, the cost of a cab is unbelievable. Like it's so expensive. So there's this really cool website called Numbio. I don't know if you've heard of it, mm -hmm. Maria, but it's mm -hmm. in, it's N-U-M-B-E-O.com. But it tells you the cost of um, a coffee when you're out, a beer, if that's important to you, you know, like what life is uh, in your destination. And I think that's an important piece of the puzzle. And also know the exchange rate where you happen to be going. I use XE. It's an app and it can kind of give you a sense of what things are going to cost um, with the exchange I do suggest that you consider taking a connecting flight. I know everybody loves to take a nonstop, but in many cases, if you do a short stop, if it's got a decent layover, it could save you hundreds of dollars in some cases. Um, one thing that I also recommend for people, if you want to do something, like if you want to see a certain museum or you want to go up the Eiffel Tower or you want to go into a particular attraction, it guarantees your dates, but it also is cheaper if you pre-purchase those in advance. So don't get to a place and then realize, oh, I can't get into that museum because it's sold out for that day. So um, consider that. And because of the cost of food, not just um, here in North America, but around the world, 
I always personally look for a room that has either a, a kitchenette or at least a, like a mini fridge so that I can put something in there, whether that's, you know, have a box of cereal on the counter with some milk for breakfast. So just so I don't have to eat every single meal out, because if you're like me and you've, you you travel and you see, have seen the price of hotel breakfast and things, you'll know it's astronomical. So you just have to save wherever you can and take advantage of free There are so many free things to do in many big cities around the world, whether it's a free walking tour or free entrance to museums or restaurants where kids eat for free or there's a kid's menu that's really affordable. Again, all of this goes back to the first thing I said, which was do your research in order to save money. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Last year, when we were planning our trip, I was noticing spots that were less expensive than others, even though I already knew where I was going. I knew I was going to Greece and Italy this year. Um, But I noticed there were places like Vietnam, Cambodia, or places like that that were really better deals. And if I hadn't been set on a certain spot, I may have selected those. Are there places right now that are a better deal for people to travel to? Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head. Southeast Asia has some unbelievable deals, especially once you arrive and the accommodation and the food is often really, really affordable. Unfortunately, the lift, meaning the air uh, lift to those destinations from North America hasn't been as available as it was pre-pandemic, but that's starting to change. And if you can get to places like Southeast Asia, also places in South America, you'll be able to get I guess just more bang for your buck once your boots on the ground in those destinations, the popular destinations that you're going to places like Ireland, Italy, Greece, Iceland, the places that have been really popular, those bucket list places that are kind of top of mind for people are top of mind for people. It means they're really, really booked. And in fact, some places in those destinations, there's a t- over tourism problem. And because of that, places and or attractions like the Acropolis at Greece changed the way that they're um, going about the the entrance. You actually have to book in advance and they're limiting the number of people um, that are going to the top each day. They're doing the same type of thing in the Galapagos Islands because of over-tourism. And Venice next year, uh, if you've seen some of the pictures this summer of the overcrowded bridges over the canals, you could barely walk. So, um, you know, they're getting lots of pressure from the residents who live there. So they're trying to spread out the love. <laughs> so right. they're encouraging people to go at not off peak, Maria, but shoulder season, which are, to be honest, it's my favorite time to go to certain destinations, particularly Europe. Europe was 
boiling hot in 2023. In April of 2023, we were telling people that it was hitting like 38 degrees in the south of Spain. And so over this peak summer dates of July and August, it was so hot. It was so crowded and it was so expensive that I always encourage people, if you have the flexibility and you don't have kids in school, like so many people Mm -hmm. do and are pigeonholed to dates, go at the times when they're not. And it's lovely to go to Europe in May and early June, the weather's so nice, crowds aren't there, and it's much, much cheaper. Um, then again, kind of tail end of September and into middle of October, it's a lovely time to be in those destinations. Right. It's exactly what we did. Hit the end of May, and we had temperatures 70s, 75, 80, maybe the most. A couple of really cooler days, a little bit of rain, but it was worth it. Uh, when I saw yeah. friends go last month, I was like, oh, I am so sorry. That would have not have been fun at the Acropolis with 105 degree temperature. So, Oh, just nasty. It's not fun. And I actually saw a post on Instagram by some, it was a traveler who had obviously been following lots of influencers online and said, all the influencers said that I should be on the Amalfi Coast during summer. I hate you. I'm so mad. It's hot. I'm carrying my bags. And the reality of this is not your images. So, you know, do your homework and and find out what the temperatures are going to be, how crowded it's going to be. And you'll notice by the rates, um, if you look like other times around it, different months, you'll see they throw the prices up because that's when the demand is there. Mm hmm. Uh, research is is the key. I can tell from everything that you've said. When you do your homework, you're always better off. Uh, One thing that people still need to do their homework on that we haven't talked about is safety in certain areas. And what do you recommend? How do they look at safety when they plan to visit a certain spot? Well, luckily, um, the government wants us to be safe when we go on vacation. So probably the number one website that any person who is going outside of the country should visit is travel.state.gov. There's great information on that website about what you'll need, uh, safety, um, entry and exit requirements, all sorts of different things. So that would be a place before you ever hit book or speak to an agent and hit book that you actually look on there just kind of to know an overview of what to expect. Um, I'm a huge advocate of safety when you're traveling. Uh, A lot of people kind of throw caution to the wind. You know, if they're on a beach, they're just, you know, sipping their Mai Tais and not really paying attention to what's going on. So you do have to stay kind of up to date on what's going on wherever you happen to be. But there are a couple of apps that I really recommend that people download. And one of them is called In Case of Emergency or ICE. And you can just download them from the app store, whichever platform that you happen to be on. What I like about this is that when you're traveling, it stores a list of people to call right from the app. You can put in insurance information, your doctor's information, if you've got specific allergies, medical conditions, medications, and any other special instructions that you want to provide. But the key here is that the app even works when the phone is locked and it can translate the information on certain apps into 10 different languages. So really, really important. And uh, first responders around the world know to go to that. And in fact, in my contact list in my phone, I have my husband's name with the capitals I-C-E in front of it. So if someone's scrolling and they can go and look for that. The other thing is, is that we know 911. But that is not the first responder number all around the world. So there's an app called Trip Whistle. 
Global SOS, and it's available in 196 countries. It's free, and it has um, kind of that one click that can connect you to police, fire, or medical assistance wherever you happen to be. So that's a really good one to have on as well. And then the last one I'll share is called Be Safe, and it just shares your movements with loved ones and sends out an alarm if you need help. And the alarm can be activated by voice. And once it's actually activated, it automatically records audio and video and sends it to cell phones of not just you, but your emergency contacts. And the other thing I like, and I've used it before when I'm walking uh, alone or, and I've I've used it locally uh, when I'm going into, say, a garage or a parking building that I kind of think is sketchy. It has a fake call feature. So it fakes that it's ringing and you can just fake your call. You're speaking to somebody and it can also send a friend to your exact pickup location. So it's a really great app, especially for solo travelers. There's lots more, Maria, but those oh, are just wow. kind of three of my favorites. Well, I love that. So I often wonder about like a money belt or something. I mean, in the biggest cities, boy, pickpocketing is a big problem in Venice and Athens. Um, so how do you tell people to best handle their money? Yeah. So this is, um, you know, that that's a big worry and it doesn't matter where you are in the world. There's always kind of sketchy areas and sketchy people. So um, keeping your travel documents and your money safe is really key. If you are out and about, you should never have your passport with you. That should always be in your hotel safe or stash somewhere. If you're in an Airbnb or a VRBO, somewhere safe back wherever you happen to be staying. But you obviously might need some cash when you're out. I never take too much cash out in any local currency. I have it for tips and I have it, say, for an ice cream or a coffee if the place that I'm uh, going doesn't take a credit card. But most often I protect my my purchases by buying them on a credit card in case they break, they're stolen. It has some backup for me. But I do travel and thank goodness fanny packs are back in fashion. Um, I either travel with a crossbody or I travel with like a belt bag and I do recommend it. Um, guys often put their wallet in their back pocket. Please don't do that. Uh, it's so dangerous. It's so easy. The other thing that I do have is that my crossbody is actually a travel crossbody. And I've seen these on like Amazon for like under $40, but it has chicken wire in the actual body of the bag so it can't be cut because often you won't even notice but someone will come and just undercut the bag and Mm -hmm. grab out your wallet or or money or whatever happens to luckily fall out without you even noticing for them it's a big win for them the other thing is it also has wire in the strap so it can't be cut off you and pulled away um they often they will also have an rfid i think that's what the um just to protect the strip across your credit card because that information can actually be if with certain i don't know cyber criminal devices i'm not a super techie maria as you can tell but um (laughs) but they can scan that some of that information from hundreds of meters away hundreds of feet away in certain places i know that it was happening in china it can happen in different places so it's really important to have that kind of a pocket as well you can buy wallets cheap as well with that but it's just awareness and One of the things that I often tell people, and it's kind of one of those trust your gut situations, if you wouldn't do it at home, don't do it when you're on vacation. Like, would you actually walk on streets that aren't lit in the middle of a downtown super late at night? Just you've got to be so careful. Would you leave your drinks on a counter at a bar here? No matter where you are, you wouldn't. Um, one other thing I don't want people to be, and I'm certainly not sponsored by any insurance company, but I after three decades in this business, have heard every story under the sun 
about incidents and GoFundMes that have gone out for people who don't have travel insurance when they're going on their vacation. If you are going outside of the country, the least type of insurance, the, the bare minimum in my mind is having medical insurance because it's for the unexpected. And you don't know if you're walking on a beach and you cut your foot on coral and you need stitches. It could be five grand somewhere wherever you happen to be, to have that fixed. Or you slip on a pool deck. Everyone's around a pool if they're going to a sun destination and you break your ankle or something. It can be so expensive. And I've heard horror stories of people who've had the big accident while they're away or a heart attack or something. And so it is for the unexpected. Please make sure that you, as part of your budgeting, that you leave some room to have travel insurance. It could potentially save you hundreds of thousands down the line. Okay, I don't want to leave folks on a negative note. So no, any <laughs> final thoughts for us on how we can just make the most of our travel experiences? Um, I think whenever you're traveling, embrace the local. Um, more important than anything right now is we've seen lots of different disasters that have happened all around the world. There's been wildfires in um, Canada and uh places like in British Columbia, Canada, where really beautiful tourist uh, areas have really suffered. In Lahaina, in Maui, we've seen fires in the Canary Islands. There's been an earthquake in Morocco. It's just, it's just felt like there has been really heavy, a heavy year. And when you go to a destination and you support local, you eat at local restaurant, not chains and big box stores. And you go to stores that um, the locals have made the goods or it's locals who actually own it. You are investing in that place that you're so lucky and privileged to be visiting. So I would just encourage people, no matter where you are traveling, go off the beaten path a little. Get out of your comfort zone. Try that local food you you maybe thought you'd be scared to try and embrace it and embrace all of the differences that uh, that that part of the world has. That is the joy of travel. And I guess I'll come back to my favorite travel quote by St. Augustine, which is the world is a book and those who do not travel read only a page. That is a wonderful way to end with our listeners. Uh, let people know how they can get a hold of you or find out more about you. Um, the best is to go to my website, which is travelbestbets.com. And there's all details on how to get in touch with me. Claire, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Maria. Today, my guest has been Claire Newell. She's the founder of Travel Best Bets. And thank you for joining us for Let's Get Moving. You can check out all our latest episodes at kslpodcast.com or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Also, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Find out all of our latest topics and great tips on health, fitness, and, of course, travel. Have a great day. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.